It is Thursday, the 28th day of January, and lo and behold, much to pretty much no one's surprise, Tom Brady has led the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. It's very exciting. Good for him. Uh, apparently, I'm supposed to be thrilled that he's going there because he used to play for the team that I root for. Now, obviously, that's a little, uh, I don't know, probably not. I mean, it's accurate. It's not really fair, I guess. He did a little bit more than just play for the team. I mean, he was very good for 20 seasons. Uh, Patriots had unrivaled professional sports success, and he was at the helm. But I'm indifferent. Maybe I just want to be contrarian, but I don't know. I don't feel the same excitement that a lot of others do. I mean, thanks for 20 years, Tom. Seriously. I'm more inclined to root for for Gronk because he seems like a somewhat normal person where Tom Brady is more or less an alien. And that's okay. Go Chefs. Uh, all of that and so much more on episode number 60, the David Andrews episode. Oh, man. I'm running out of players here, huh? i going to have to find another tact. i got to do something else. Maybe I'll do years. I don't know. Anyways, David Andrews, the center for your New England Patriots. Tom Brady had his hand on his ass for... A number of years, so I guess that's something here, right? Also something, this is Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I have a, there's a tingling in my trousers and it's not a good one. Sounds good. Let me put on some chapstick real quick. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, welcome to the show, all five of you. Bum, bum, bum. Five. I'm up to five. Not really, no. It's a lie. Sorry. Uh, hell of a week, eh? As I thought about using a Bernie meme to promote the show, but the time passed so quickly, or at least I thought it would shit lasted more than a, oh excuse me more than a week uh but then after that you know the quality went way downhill uh stock market is in the news eh that's something uh a reddit message board the wall street boys have basically uh completely fucked the market which i want to say is great but honestly i mean i have no uh, institutional knowledge of you know whether or not it's fucked. I know there's a handful of people that are going to get fucked. 
that much I know. But the GameStop thing has just been fascinating. Uh, back in the day, I worked for GameStop, uh, managed a store at a mall that was recently demolished. Uh, part of the deal was uh, stock options. And at the time, I think it was 2005 or so, uh, the stock was worth about 32 to $35. Um, when I left the job, it was, I think it was roughly about the same, 32, 33. I held on to it for a few years and uh, dumped it and made a, you know, a couple grand on the deal. So, you know, it wasn't terrible. As of right now, that stock is currently worth $281 um, with after hours trading. It's fucking bananas. Bananas. And I mean, more or less, it's just a bunch of people that, you know, wanted to to fuck this douchebag hedge fund guy who was shitting all over GameStop. Uh, a bunch of pissed off gamers who would probably fucking shit on GameStop anyway took offense. Instead of just buying the stock. Short selling stock is a strange concept to me, but... I'm not making a living in the market, so why like why why would I know? What I do know is that some of the short sellers are taking an outright beating. And if this lasts through Friday, you're gonna see some uh fucking disastrous results. Which will be very interesting. Because for a number of I mean, look, there was something I heard the other day, which is that uh, the stock market does not make people rich. It makes rich people richer. So there are occasions where luck is involved. And uh, more recently, the uh, the fake meat trend. Um, this was last year, the year prior. can't remember when it was. Um, Beyond Meat, that company, when they went public. I was all in on that. And I was prepared to spend... A couple grand on stock and I had I put in an order I think I put it in uh, I think I put it in at like 66 by the time the order went in I'd missed the price and by the time it went back in it was up to like 87 and uh, I said nah I can't do that but you know three months later it was at like 148 so could have doubled my my meager uh, money, but whatever. Uh, I bought ten shares of Nokia this morning and made twenty bucks, so I'm excited. I'll sell that tomorrow. Take my twenty dollars, pay about eight dollars in taxes, and then my twelve dollars will earn nothing. Stonks, man, huh? But let's talk about haircuts, huh? Big market tease from the end of last week's show. This segment is sponsored by Tweed Barbers of Boston. Not really sponsored, but, you know. Uh, Tweed Barbers of Boston, 1313 Washington Street in Boston. Went to see my pal Ali last week for another uh, just fire haircut. The man is just... He's a saint. I mean... I don't really know him outside of him cutting my hair, so I I shouldn't really say that. I don't know. He's, he seems like a wonderful man. So I'm going to stick with that. 
But uh, I went in there and uh, sat down. Now, I did the, the previous haircut, I did not go to him. I made the grave error of trusting my hair to a fucking rank amateur. I went to a local place, which I won't even mention because uh, they're not worthy of the fake promo. But they try to pass themselves off as being edgy or cool or whatever, but it's nothing more than a supercuts with a ton of fucking shitty tattoos. And I went to this place because it's 10 minutes from my house. Uh, I did have a haircut from them a couple years back, and it wasn't terrible. So I'm like, all right, let's let's try this again, because since we moved, uh, you know, it's a farther drive into the city. It's not, look, it's not a dreadful drive, but, you know, just to get a haircut. I was trying to be, I don't know, I get I, I don't know what I was trying to be. I don't know what I was thinking. Because I walked out of that other place. And, and, all right, so it's uh, the era of COVID. I get it, okay? So everybody's wearing a mask, but for some weird fucking reason, um, none of the people getting the haircut, their haircut was facing the mirror while they were getting their haircut. And about halfway through it, I'm thinking to myself, these fucking douchebags are only doing that so that they can look at one another and talk while they're cutting people's hair. So instead of doing what I'm paying this guy to do, he's he's focusing more of his effort on keeping up with the conversation around him. So finally, he spins me around at the end. Mind you, didn't touch any, didn't move my mask, didn't didn't do anything, you know, uh, around trying to actually make my hair look good. It was literally snip, 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 see you later. It was an atrocious haircut. It was fucking terrible. So I'm sitting in the chair last week with Ali and... He was wearing a mask, and I really wish he hadn't been, because I'm sure the look on his face uh, would have been priceless, because he's sitting there combing my hair, and you, I could tell he was puzzled. And I said, uh, Ali, I'm terribly sorry, but um, I went someplace else, and this is what they've done to me. <laughs> and he silently shook his head. In disappointment, and I felt, uh, I I felt so sad because I've disappointed this man. And he said, "Don't worry, I will fix it for you." And uh, a a sense of relief came across my body, and I walked out of there, and I looked like a million bucks. Not really, maybe like. But it's one of the joys in my life, getting my hair cut, and I deprived myself of that out of convenience. And I paid the price. Price that I don't want to pay ever again. It was disappointing. 
and I've learned my lesson. So I think I have reached that age where the amount of pop culture shit that I don't know has surpassed what I do know. I have to say that I'm not all that upset about it, really. But for example, today, yesterday, I should say on Twitter, the top trending topic for the vast majority of the day was Halsey announces that she's pregnant. Okay, terrific. But who the fuck is Halsey? After uh, an exhaustive search, I found that she's a musical artist of some kind. And uh, based on the the number of plays on Spotify for some of her songs, uh, would indicate that she's quite popular. Played a few of her tracks and found that she's... Uh, Uh, Sounds like most everything else, dull, monotonous, electronic nothingness. Uh, Seems she grew up playing music, so she knows how to use some. I'm I'm not saying, you know, I'm not getting the sense that she does in her recorded music, but I don't know. You know, it was fine. There was nothing about it that jumped out at me like, oh, wow, this is pretty good. Or that she was, you know, a musician. She's listed as a singer-songwriter. Okay, well, that's fine, I guess. Like Taylor Swift, she's a musician. Her her lyrics are, I mean, terrible. But she writes songs, she can play the music. She plays a guitar. She's very good at it. Well, I don't know. She's She's made a lot of money doing it, so something. Harry Styles. He's a musician. He's a musician. I think I was being punished for even mentioning his name. But, uh, but that kid's something else, legit. I mean, his music is catchy as fuck. You're not going to tell me otherwise. My niece, bless her, is 14 and absolutely, absolutely adores the young man. Uh, we bought her a candle for Christmas. Uh, one of her. Far too many gifts. The candle allegedly smelled like Harry Styles. At least that's what, you know, the candle said. I thought for sure it would smell like fucking cabbage or something because he looks like he would smell like cabbage. Not sure why I think that, but that's that's what I think. I don't know. Turns out the damn thing actually smelled pretty good. I was kind of surprised. It was like a like vanilla leather tobacco or some shit. I don't know. Anyways, I'm not that broken up over not knowing all this pop culture minutia because I find most of it to be boring drivel. Like I've said here before that I can't wrap my head around celebrity worship. It just makes little sense to me. I understand liking, for example, an actress because of her work or because she's hot. I get that. But why does anybody need to know like, what kind of dress... She's wearing at an award show. Guess what? You can't afford it, so relax. It's lost on me. And as time passes, I'm finding that there are way more things outside of my bubble that I just don't know anything about. And ultimately, I'm I'm okay with that. It's odd, but I really don't mind. Tying into that somewhat, and what will 
absolutely come across as hypocritical. Do celebrities or absurdly rich folk get the same kind of mail that we do? Like I'm talking about the the dozens of credit card offers, the Bed Bath and Beyond coupons, and the supermarket flyers. Like you have to have a home address for a number of different things, right? You go to the doctor, ask for your home address. Uh, you need car insurance, home address. Now, whether it's where you actually live or where you know you, if you have many houses, I don't fucking know. But with that home address comes mail. You have to get mail. You can't just fucking cancel the mail. It's not possible. Some of us are, uh, we know that from watching the historical documents from, why would I even say historical documents? Like, what am I doing? (laughs) All right, whatever. I suppose it is possible to cancel your mail. I don't know why this came to me, and, and I can just imagine like LeBron James getting home from practice and, and you know, coming into the house. He's, you know, he's tired from a long day. Uh, walks up to like his the, the kitchen island, and and that's where the mail is. <laughs> LeBron's mail, and he's just you know calmly. Uh, looking through his mail, pulling out the stop and shop flyer, perusing the produce section, uh, and then taking all of it to the recycling bin while asking his wife why they get so much damn mail. It's an odd thought. I mean, I don't really know why it came to me, but uh, in the end, I don't think these people, uh, you know, I don't think they get the the joyous... Uh, trivialities of life that you and I do. I think they're missing out. Granted, we're missing out on a lot of shit that they get to do, which is, you know, not worry about having to pay bills or where where dinner's coming from or how you're going to keep the lights on, shit like that, you know? But mail... I don't know why I, I, I'm not entirely sure why I thought of that, but I thought of that. So, fortunately, I don't have a guest this week. I'm really, I'm bummed about that. I enjoy having guests. I'm working towards it. Like, listen, you know, one of these days I'm going to surprise you motherfuckers with uh, an actual, uh, guest that is not someone that's a friend of mine. Not that these that you know the past guests have been bad. They haven't. They've been fucking awesome. Just saying. I'm gonna surprise you at some point. Working on some shit. None of it's gonna come to fruition, but I, <laughs> once I surprise myself is when I'll surprise my audience. All four of you. <clears throat> So I talked uh, a couple weeks back about cancel culture, and that's the the topic du jour, uh, and it's still kicking around. Seems there's a certain segment of the population that can't seem to understand that there are consequences for your actions. 
As I mentioned before, if you act like a piece of shit, it's going to come back around and rightfully bite you in the ass. That's how life works. Hate to break it to you. Hate to disappoint you. Karma is another word for it. If you act like an asshole, karma will come back to you and fuck you. Maybe not literally, but figuratively. So, um, we learned earlier this week that old Red Light himself, Kurt Schilling, wasn't getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame this year as he was short by 16 votes. Now, I personally fully believe that he is a Hall of Fame baseball player. He had a very good career, successful career. He was uh, a postseason dynamo. Yes, a dynamo. Underused word. He was awesome in the postseason. Terrific. So, at the same time, he's also a Hall of Fame asshole. When he played, he was an egomaniac and kind of a dick, but uh, it was that, you know, tough guy athlete sort of way that you could kind of, you could look past. And what helped is that, you know, he was a legitimate humanitarian, if you will, as much as an athlete can be a humanitarian. Um, raised a ton of money for the Jimmy Fund, a ton of money for ALS research, ton of money for disabled vets, and he very well still might. I don't know because, you know, everything you hear about him now is because of what comes out of his mouth, which is usually uh, homophobic, transphobic, heterophobic, Islamophobic, democratophobic, blackphobic, brownphobic, yellowphobic, just plain shit. And that's, that's on him. Those are his actions that he has chose to make. He has uh, made his bed, and now he has to lie in it. Does that mean that he should not be in the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, for his baseball career? No. He should absolutely be there. But look, we're taught as children that when you misbehave, you'll be punished. Apparently, in some spheres of adulthood, if you kick, scream, whine, and complain about being, quote, silenced or, quote, canceled, uh, that you won't be punished at all, but rather you'll earn a loyal following of bootlicking sycophants uh, ready and willing to agree with anything that you say or do. And that's the case that we have here. Uh, Look. Schilling's baseball career was such that while he is the definition of borderline when it comes to the Baseball Hall of Fame and being uh, elected to to that group, he deserves to be immortalized amongst his peers. To say that he didn't get in because of his tendency to be a Nazi sympathizer or to rail against the legitimacy of Hall of Fame voting is short-sighted. And, you know, I can't speak for the people that vote for this. I mean, 
that whole thing is a completely different discussion. Why baseball writers get to vote for this fucking thing, I've never been able to figure out. Like, the Veterans Committee that votes on these guys after they uh, go through their 10 years or or, uh, once they're no longer on the ballot, the Veterans Committee gets to look at it and they make a decision if they think somebody should get in. Those are the guys that should be voting for the fucking Hall of Fame. People that worked in the game, played the game, not not writers. It's fucking stupid. I, it, that's why baseball has turned into such a fucking uh, annoying. I, I don't know. I don't want to get into it. There was a report that some uh, writers were asking for their vote to be retracted after t- uh, Schilling uh, tweeted out his support for the attempted coup at the Capitol by Vanilla Isis while also being a racist shitbag in the same exact tweet. Turns out it was one person that made that request, and they were immediately shut down by the Hall of Fame. So, of course, once the uh, the final vote was announced and it was learned that uh, he wasn't going to get in, uh, he just had to share the 1,100-word letter that he allegedly sent to the Hall of Fame, and he had to share it on Facebook. And started it with, quote, this was privately written and for their eyes only, end quote. Sure, bud, right. The whole thing is blaming, uh, him blaming the media for all of his woes. Uh, Talking about his wife and, and her fighting cancer as if that has anything to do with any of this. Throws Barry Bonds and and Roger Clemens under the bus. Um, and then says, which this this last part is puzzling to me. He says, quote, what Mr. Henry and Mr. Warner did to my family and I in, the, in my final year has been forgiven, but will never be forgotten. End quote. Uh, what the fuck? His last actual year was 2007 when they won the, won the World Series. The guy was beat up all year. He only made 24 starts, but he still gave him 150 innings, 3-0 in the playoffs. He was paid $13 million. Bucks. Uh, he filed for free agency after that season, knowing full well he was hurt. Red Sox re-signed him $8 million bucks because at the time, at the time, I should say, he was 40, going on 41, and hurt. I mean, is this his complaint? Is that they paid him less? I don't know. Uh, went to spring training. They shut him down because he was hurt again. He's pissed off about the team, uh, the way the team handled the injury, which I guess is understandable. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna quibble about that, like, come out and say it. What do you got to be all fucking cryptic and weird for? That was. Uh, 13 fucking years ago, dude. Build a bridge. But I mean, to say something, to say that ownership did something to his family is is flat out fucking lunacy. Mind you, he took all the money he earned and then fucking blew it uh, on uh, a video game company that that failed. He fucked the state of Rhode Island at the same time. I mean... If anything, you did something to your family, dude. 
not fucking owners of the Red Sox. You're you are an employee. Weird. Uh they tried to let him rehab without surgery, but then he needed surgery for, for a bicep injury in, in the summertime of 08. So he had it, and, and that's when they found a torn rotator cuff and a torn labrum. But apparently that's uh, Mr. Henry and Mr. Warner's fault. Odd story. I mean, look, he could have just come out and said, uh, I'm disappointed. Uh, I don't want to be on the ballot next year. Hopefully the Veterans Committee who, uh, you know, played the game. If he wants to shit on the media just for being the media, I mean, go for it. But these fucking guys are so thin-skinned. Like, they they fucking, it just, I don't understand it. Again, like, he literally names Dan Shaughnessy in this column. Like, Dan Shaughnessy still lives rent-free in this motherfucker's head after 13 years. Quite frankly, I love it. I love Dan Shaughnessy. I am a huge, huge fan. Specifically because he pisses all these guys off. And it's just hilarious to me. The guy's been doing it for decades. And it's glorious. He managed to sucker so many people around here out of tons of money for the fucking Curse of the Bambino bullshit. You want to talk about a grift? Whoo, man. Sports grifter. Dan Shaughnessy. Love him. But look, all of this is to say that with every single thing in life, there are consequences for your actions, no matter what they are, good or bad. And in Kurt Schilling's case, he's afraid of everything. So he hates everything and then somehow thinks that's everyone else's fault. Incorrect, sir. I'm terribly sorry that you're not going to the Hall of Fame now. You'll get in because you deserve to be there. And you'll get up on the dais and fucking, you know, talk about fucking dumb shit that you shouldn't be talking about. But sure, yes, it's it's the media's fault because you're a douchebag. As it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. You fuckers are getting a short show today. Let me tell you, a short show. This is what happens when you record late and you're fucking tired. Anywho. Gripe number one, meteorologists. Why do these guys feel, and girls, feel that they need to to be perfect in their forecast. There's some rule that, you know, you have to be perfect. Wouldn't you want the actual amount of snow to be less than what you tell everybody versus more than what you tell everybody? For example... 
the other day, uh, we were forecast to get one to three inches of snow, which came out after the initial forecast of coating to one inch. So it went from coating to one inch to one inch to three inches. Well, lo and behold, this morning, a solid, I would i would venture a guess, six inches uh, outside this morning. So that's an hour out of my day spent clearing that bullshit. But, like, when you're wrong, wouldn't you want it to be the other way around? What they should have said right from the jump was, like, two to four. So if you say two to four and we get six, we can live with that. But if you say fucking one to three and we get six, like, you've fucked a lot of people there. Like, you know, my morning was inconvenienced. So I'm angry at the technology that these people use to try to predict the fucking weather. Boy, that is petty, David. Woo! <laughs> oh, man, that is bad. It's funny, I didn't really realize how fucking shitty it sounded until I actually, you know, read it off of the script here. I just come off looking like an... I mean, I come off looking like an asshole anyway just for doing this crap. But, again, it's a hobby. It's something to do. I hope you like the new microphone. Got a new mic, which is um, like the old mic. I could not do the headset thing anymore. And the uh, the replacement mic for the original mic sucks. So I went back to the, uh, the standard microphone that you all know and love. The pop screen and the arm. So it looks somewhat professional. I just hope it sounds better. It, it feels better, let me tell you that, than having the fucking Zoom headset on, trying to do a podcast with that. Off the rails, went way off the rails. All right, gripe number two. Look, gripe number two is not really a gripe, okay? Gripe number two, Jeopardy. What I really wanted to do here is just pat myself on the back for fucking nailing Final Jeopardy the other night. I mean, nailed it. The smallest and largest countries that border the Mediterranean Sea are on opposite sides. What are Monaco and Algeria? And boom goes the dynamite. That was terrible, I'm sorry. If I were to have a go-to Jeopardy category, it would probably be geographical. Not sure. Um, I mean, the sports categories on Jeopardy are laughably simple, but they don't come up very often. 
Mainly because every single... I don't want to say that. That's incorrect. Don't do that. Like, uh, James Holzhauer, uh, whenever sports came up, you know, he got it because he was a professional gambler. He gambled on sports, so he knew sports. But it's always funny when... Uh, there's a, there's a YouTube video of, I don't know if it was a, a double jeopardy or not, but there was a sports category and it was the last questions on the board and they go through the fucking, uh, um, the five, <laughs> five, uh, answers and nobody gets them right. They don't even fucking ring the buzzer. And Trebek, rightfully so, chides them for their dumbness, I guess. I don't know. I just love when, when I get Final Jeopardy correct. I just, man, it is a, it's just great. Don't you agree? Yeah, you agree. Here's an idea. If you've gotten Final Jeopardy correct, give me a call. Leave a voicemail. Let me know. 617-65-RIP-EM. 61765-RIP-EM, R-I-P-E-M. Give me the answer to the Final Jeopardy question that you nailed. I'm very curious. I have to say, uh, my thoughts on Ken Jennings, I thought he would be a little bit better. He's not bad, I just thought he would be a little bit better. I love when, when he, the way he says no, when somebody gets it wrong, no, you're an idiot. That's petty. It, and I don't think he's doing it maliciously. It's just how it comes out. He's generally a funny guy, and his humor, it doesn't come across, doesn't translate well. But, I mean, he's literally just reading shit, so I don't see how it could. I, I'm, I'm very interested uh, in seeing what the other guest hosts do. Because I'm curious to see if there's anybody that does a better job. I'm not sure, but we'll see. Anyways, I'm wicked smart. Gripe number three, unity. With the way that the GOP keeps throwing around that word, it got me thinking the other day. It's very much like true Hollywood stories with Charlie Murphy on Chappelle's show. In this example, Charlie Murphy represents the rationally thinking Americans walking into the China Club, just minding his own business, checking out the scene, hoping to have himself a, a good night. And then all of a sudden, wham! He gets punched in the face by Rick James, representing the GOP in this example, from out of fucking nowhere, and for no reason. Unity! Then Ted Cruz flashes the fucking ring. Of course, the Democrats are going to fall for this shit. Going to let these assholes off the, off the hook when a few deserve nothing less than expulsion. There's a handful of these fuckers that need to go. Joe Biden called for unity during his inauguration, which meant the citizenry as well as the legislative branch uh, to, to put aside the petty bullshit that's reigned 
uh, since the days of Newt Gingrich. That's what he meant. What he did not mean was letting people off the fucking hook. And so once again, the right is going to push this false narrative. And, and somehow it, the only way the country can, quote, move forward, end quote, is by having unity. Whichever the, whatever the fuck that means here. It means nothing. And to them, it includes letting those involved in the attempted coup, including the former president, off the hook. Nothing's going to happen to this fucking guy again. There are no consequences for those actions. They'll almost certainly happen again. Fucking Rick James will go around punching everyone on the fucking forehead with that ring. And we'll all be worse off for it. Ending, ending the show with a real fucking downer, huh? God. That's, that is just terrible. Fucking old soapbox Dave over here, huh? Fuck you. Hope you picked up that snort. Uh, anyway, look, that's the show. Uh, feel free to get involved, okay? If you want to be on the show, if you know somebody who wants to be, wants to be on the show, let me know. Uh, you can send me an email, showmail at complaintsandobservation.com. You can go to the Twitter page, at complaintspod. Twitter. If you're on Twitter and you're not following me, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Same with Instagram, at complaintspod. What are you doing? I'm begging you. Let's build this up. Let's get some more. Let's get let's get up to six listeners before the end of February, huh? Let's try it. See what happens. Not counting on it, but still, you never know. Uh, I have a Facebook page, but fuck, fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page I haven't done anything with, and I probably won't. I need to stop fooling myself into thinking I'll do something with that shit other than watch my gluttonous friend Jeffrey eat hot dogs. That's all I'm going to... Maybe that's the only thing I'll put up there every year. <laughs> oh, boy. That's good. <clears throat> 617-65-RIP-EM. 617-65-RIP-EM. Call the show. I know you. I know that you want to complain about something. Everybody does. That's the gist of the program. It's the whole idea. The whole idea is to get people to fucking chime in with their complaints and their observations. That's the point. Six one seven sixty five. Rip them. Give me a call. Be on the show. Um. That's it. Until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta. Tell your friends.